Good morning. Welcome back, Camille. I see also St. Betty is with us. And of course, welcome, <laughs> Panama. All right. <laughs> Just WeChat us, Arthur, whenever you're coming this way, and we'll have your old bedroom ready for you. Okay. <laughs> um, today's message is twice as long as I usually are. Um, but I don't apologize. It's a long passage, Psalm 107. Uh, so I'm going to immediately skip the first paragraph of, of, of my notes here. Um, it's, it's interesting. Wednesday night, um, as we were praying, Mary asked specifically if we had any prayer requests. And so I said, no, everything's fine here. And then I ended up saying, well, uh, I'm speaking Sunday and I haven't written a, a word down yet. This was Wednesday. And um, so it, they prayed for me and um, I had to smile to myself after I got off of the um, prayer meeting because um, I really already knew what I was gonna speak on. But a lot of times when uh, it gets to be a crunch time, uh, often uh, a Psalm is picked. I'll do a Psalm, I don't have much time. But I've been reading and rereading this particular psalm for the last four weeks. And so I just really felt it was uh, the right time to share it. And um, it's, uh, I appreciate, Bill, the first song, All the Uns That We Are, um, because it touches on that. And also, Mary, your prayer about the goodness of God, because those two things are really the theme of this particular psalm and so um i want to just continue to look at that I, i'm going to look at some technical things but mostly uh because of the way i read the bible i'm looking at application but um technical things are um are in, they're important they're necessary but technical things alone are like eating dry crackers without salt to me so um you know when you persevere through that and you kind of uh, press on in to, uh, to, to pass those things, that cracker begins to have a little bit of taste to it. You know, it may have some, some jam or peanut butter or cheese, whichever you like. And once the truth of the matter reaches your heart, uh, it's like this abundance of water that just washes over you. And so I, I really trust that today's message out of Psalm 107 will be that for you, um, a spring for your soul and, and for those around you as God gives opportunity. So we're going to begin, but if you don't have your Bible with you, you need your Bible because you're not going to get it all if you don't have the words in front of you. So uh, while, I, while I'm talking, uh, I pray that you go ahead and get your Bible, uh, get a piece of paper and a pencil if uh, you want to take some notes. Um, I will try to send out a chart a little bit later uh, after the meeting. But it's really good to have both your ear gate and your eye gate uh, taking in what the Lord may want to say. But the most important thing, of course, is that your heart be open to hear it. And so the um, first thing we need to do is pray. And so let's just ask God for his continued blessing upon our meeting and upon our lives. Lord, we thank you that... Uh, you're so generous, Father, that you've given us a word, a word written, but yet a word that's living and active. 
a word that's eternal, that Lord has been spoken, but yet continues to be spoken by your spirit. And so open our minds and our hearts today to, to hear what you have to say to each one of us. I thank you so much, Father, that your spirit is able to hear each one of us. We can all pray at the same time and you have no problem hearing us all. And you, you can look down with the same passage and see each of our needs and meet that, Father, with the same words in your amazing way. And so we ask that today, Father, that you yet prove again to us that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So bless our time, bless our hearing, bless our seeing, bless our minds to be open and our hearts to be open to you today in Jesus' name. It's a long, it's a long Psalm, it's 43 verses, so bear with me um, as I read that. Um, you may want to just listen the first time through. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which if it's different from yours, uh, I know sometimes when someone's reading a different translation than what I am, I'm trying to listen to them and see how it fits mine. So uh, you're welcome to do that. Or if you want to just close your eyes and listen to these words, uh, we're going to be going back through them again anyway. And you can maybe look at your own text at that time. So verse one, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the sea. Some have wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless. Hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in well, just a second. Something just okay. All right. Let me start over on that one. Some sat in darkest darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why He broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from all their distress. He led them from the dark, darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love, for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their barn bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He, he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. 
Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing glorious, joyful about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, flying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into the harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands, the cause of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water and dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble, increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Well, I know you're already taking off with your own thoughts. Bill, you probably got your pencil out already writing, but <laughs> if you all will give me a few minutes before you leave me with your own thoughts, I'm sure the Lord will bring them back. I want to give you a few things to consider, and um, we're not... Time, because of the length of the scripture, is not going to let us delve into all the minutiae and highly technical discussions and diverging commentaries of what certain passages mean, but we're going to look at a few of them. Uh, as with any of the things in the Bible, context and style are important for understanding. And so I want to just lay out the context because where it's located in the Bible and the actual setting will help understand some. And the fact that it's a song um, means that it, it is something that was probably sung at one time. So hopefully next Sunday, Bill will be able to put a melody to this and we'll be able to, to sing our praises of these things. But in context, Psalm 107 um, is a continuation of thought from Psalm 105 and 106. I thought about having you all read those prior to um, Sunday today, but it seems like that only affects about 
10 or 15%, so I didn't bother with an email. But if you look at those particular Psalms, um, Psalm 105 calls to remembrance part of Israel's history, uh, the covenant promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them the land of Canaan. It, it talks about their long stay in Egypt and the Lord's mighty signs to to prepare to deliver them from that particular time and giving them the land. It really reminds us of God's faithfulness to a passive people. But then you move on into Psalm 106 and it goes back and recounts the people's unfaithfulness from the time of leaving Egypt to the time of coming to the promised land. Uh, the, the time there in the wilderness where they were repeatedly unfaithful to God we're not remembering and trusting in him. We're not grateful for his provision and care. Uh, they turned away to other idols and gods. And, you know, this psalm ends with a cry to save them and to gather them back for the purpose of thanking and rejoicing in his name. Uh, this, this particular psalm reminds us of the faithfulness of God to a rebellious people. And then Psalm 107 comes along and really begins to answer these two and, and talks about, um, the Lord gathering back the exiles from everywhere. Uh, it's also the beginning of book five. The Psalms are divided into like five books and Psalm 107 is the beginning of that fifth book. And so it's kind of like a, uh, a hinge or a connection between the previous book and, and the book that it's introducing. And the book that it introduces overarching theme is of worship and thanksgiving. And it sets the, t the theme for that in the whole book. I mean, the, the Hallels are there, Psalms 113 through 118, and Psalm 136 is there. These are the Psalms that the Jewish people sing at their holidays. Psalm 119 is in there, which magnifies God's word with praise. And lastly, the last Psalm of the book, 150, sums up this way. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. And so it begins with a, uh, a call to worship. Um, and then it goes into verse 3. And verse 3 is where the commentaries begin to diverge. Some say this is a, recounts the Exodus. Or some say it's a return from the Babylonian exile. But um, I think the least common thing that we can agree on is that the psalm is about a redeemed, and covenant people. Um, so from an application perspective, which is what I really want to look at today, I'm going to use the word exiles to, by whatever circumstance someone's exiled, uh, including the Pharisee that, that prayed earlier in the, in, in the scripture that Bill read, uh, he was definitely exiled from where God would have him. Um, and it was by his own circumstance. Uh, an exile, in our case, is one that's not living where God would have them living. So if you'll kind of keep that in mind as we walk through this, um, uh, it might be helpful for what the Lord might say to you. Um, the other thing that is a difficulty is your Bible probably says east and west, north and south, but technically the word really is sea. Um, and I'll just quote this one commentary. Uh, that particular word is um, supported not only by stanza four, which talks about the sea, but also the fact that um, 
Isaiah 49, 12 and Jeremiah 44 make clear that the exiles from Egypt were not gathered, but destroyed because of their idolatry. And so uh, we're going to, we're going to uh, look at this with C being the uh, word, that, word of choice there. Basically, it's basically saying whether it's land or sea, God is delivering his people from everywhere and from, as we will see, everything. And so there's this call to worship, and I love this new living translation um, uh, way it says. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And then ask this question, has the Lord redeemed you? Well, then speak out. And Bill is so good at encouraging us to do that. And, you know, I, I think for me, I I'm, tend to be a man of little words, but this has definitely been a, a convicting thing that, when God redeems you from things little or big, uh, let it be known. It can, it can encourage others. Um, so I, I just really encourage us to, to be a little bit, especially those of us that are not so verbal, to be a little bit more verbal with what he's done in our life. Uh, the other thing that I, I, I challenge you with is um, it's easy because we're Westerners to see all the pronouns as singular. Um, and there's a place for that, particularly as the Lord's speaking to you. But honestly, when I was reading that, were you thinking of the pronouns for you? Or were you thinking of the pronouns for a group of people? Because the psalm ends our history. And, um, and so there's encouragement there, though, for both you and me personally, but also for the church now particularly as we pray about our current situations when you read that psalm for a group to see what god has done also for a group um you we we realize today there's still enemies personal and corporate that we face today and so we should be encouraged as a church by the faithful ways of god when we cry out what lord help and so i want to move on through these next four stanzas um, they're really uh, kind of neat. Um, they have they have a cadence to them. Um, each stanza each stanza represents a different circumstances. I'm sure you picked that up. Um, and and maybe my hope is that maybe the Lord speaks to you out of one of those particular circumstances. You may have already been through one of those circumstances, and 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 now you recognize the goodness of God, you may be going through one, or um, you may experience one in the future. Uh, I dare say we all have walked through some of those places of exile. So um, we're, we're going to look at those uh, and, and try to remember, you know, his gracious, his gracious, gracious responses. Um, so each one of these four chants stanzas deals with a reason for exile, a reason for not being in the place that God really would have us to be. Um, and so the first stanza deals with people that were lost in the desert, people that are lost, people that are needy. Um, we're not going to look at how that affects uh, the people that were in exile and how it relates to the different directions. I just want you to be aware of the, of the of the situation that they find themselves. The second stanza 
are those that were prisoners, those people that were in darkness, those people were in bondage. The third, those that were sick. And we'll look a little bit fuller at what sick means. And fourth, those that are tossed with tempest, those that are in a whirlwind are in danger. Um, so those are kind of the circumstances that this particular Psalm lays out uh, that people might find themselves in, in, in a place that's not quite where the Lord would have them for whatever reason. Um, but each of the stanzas has a melody to it that makes it easy for Bill to, to, to write a song for it. Uh, and it's like this, it goes A, B, C, C, B, A. And so you have A, B, C, and then the next C is a response to this, the previous C, and the B after that responds to the B before the first C, and then the final A is um, a response to the situation that they originally found themselves. So the first A is the reason for the exile's circumstance. In other words, the place the people find them. Why are they exiled? Uh, the next is the next thing you will see in each stanza is and a prayer and appeal, Lord help. Um, and thirdly is God's response to their prayer, the Lord delivers. Next is the specific action that God chose to use to, to answer that particular prayer. And then the, the B after that is their thankfulness. They're, they're admonished to thankful God for his mercy and action. And lastly, it lists their new circumstances. And so we're going to just look through the first stanza like this, uh, just so you can have an understanding of kind of how the psalm, the psalm is structured. And then we'll go through the reason for the exile circumstances in all four psalms. That will kind of shorten this a little bit. And so um, the first bar is the reason for the exile circumstances, the, the plight that they find themselves. And in in this particular psalm, it's verses four and five. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. And so um, the, the next thing is you get to a place eventually where you realize I need help. And so the, the next bar, the B, is their prayer and appeal, which is just simply the line, Lord help, they cried in their trouble or their distress. Um, in every instance, the same appeal in times of trouble, trouble, trial, difficulty, rebellion, scorning, places of uncertainty, it's the same cry, Lord help. And sometimes it takes a long time for us to get there before we, we've run out of all our own strength and our own devices. Uh, it may take a long time in some cases, but God is able to outweigh this. He's able to bring enough to bear on us. Uh, and when he does, it's for the purpose of repentance. It's the, the, it's the whole purpose that he wants to spring into action and do what he does best, which is redeem. Uh, but we have to come to a place of humility and the end of ourselves. Um, and then this thing gives right in the same verse, God's response to that prayer. He rescued them from their distresses. 
Every time, it didn't matter what it was, when they asked for help, he rescued them. Isn't that an encourage? That's such an encouragement to me. He had the same response. Um, he may delay, but he never delays any longer than necessary, for his heart is to redeem. Um, next, he lists specifically his answer. What did he actually do? The actions of his answer. And in this particular one, it's in verse seven, it says, he led them straight to safety. Interesting, for somebody that's wandering, uh, they're maybe not be on a road, they're just wandering, he leads them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. You can see the, you can see that, you know, they, they couldn't find a place, they were homeless, but he leads them straight to safety and to a place to live. Um, and you, you will see this in this specific answering in verses 14, in the next stanza, 20, in the third, and 29, and 30, in the fourth. Um, so then comes um, their cry, their cry, Lord help, which was the B. The, the, the mirror of that comes after his actions, which is their thankfulness to God, mercy, and his action. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done. You know, whether, whether it's an individual or a group, they praise him for something specific. They didn't praise him in general, which we, do, we can do, but in, this, in, in any case where he has acted, he really wants to be praised specifically for what he's done. Um, I remember reading a, a book by Ian Bounds on, on prayer, and he says this, as the prayer, which a cry Lord help is, as the prayer of faith is specific, so the answer life wells will be definite. And that has just been such a comfort to me that uh, I need to be specific in what I'm asking. If I, that way I will recognize a definite answer. We should be able to look back and see that specific way in action and be able to praise him for that. And so in the end, at the end of every stanza, they find themselves in new circumstances. Um, in this one, in verse nine, he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Um, this wonderful answer in action should move us into a new place. Now, um, how long we stay there, uh, we can take our cue from the uh, Israelites. Uh, there'll be a time when we'll be in one of those unplaces again. Uh, so how long we stay there often depends on how continued grateful we seem to be through, and we express that really through faithful obedience. Um, we're prone to wander. We're prone to leave the one we declare we love. And so that's the flow of these particular stanzas. And, and on your own time, you can kind of work through and see that. Um, but I want to just go to the point now, just looking at the circumstances of their exile, those four particular things. Um, and this is where um, you have permission to leave me at any point at this time as the Lord's begins speaking to you and revealing something to you because he wants to bring us all into 
new and deeper places of fellowship with him. But it, you know, it requires humility. It requires transparency and vulnerability. Uh, uh, I'll bring to, to your remembrance, if you remember Camille, Neil's message, you have to take all the fig leaves off right now before the Lord and, and, and have some discernment when he's touching something in you or encouraging you or releasing you into his heart of a new place. And so we're going to look at these things briefly. Um, in stanza one, which we've already read once, they wandered in the wilderness, they were lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Um, maybe the Lord will bring to your mind a circumstance that's similar and parallel to this. It may not be as deep as this, but we all know what it's like to, to be uh, in a place of uh, not knowing the answer to something, not feeling like we've got the right direction that we need to go in. Um, and, and so you stay in that place long enough and you get hungry, you get thirsty for an answer. Um, uh, to wander really is to have no direction. You're just kind of out there, whether it be physically um, or just mentally, you're not on a path or a road. You don't have a goal in mind. Um, you know, this, this COVID thing uh, can really be, uh, you know, a source of that. You know, if, you, have you, if you've gotten out of a routine, if you've got this thing that you usually do that gives some stability to your life, um, uh, getting into a place that is just kind of haphazard day by day can also bring you into a place of, um, not moving forward and so uh, you might find yourself in that particular kind of place um, maybe just being separated from other people has been like a desert for you in some particular way lack of lack of routine uh, kind of drifting through this time can can cause you to be in in a place like that um, so that's that's one consideration to, to consider in, this, in the next stanza, uh, I'll just read the first three verses. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. You know, you have to kind of look at the why before you look at the situation. They're in darkness and deepest gloom, but why? Because of rebellion. They rebelled against the words of the Most High. You know, um, I think back to um, uh, Samuel's encounter with Saul and his gross disobedience of not killing all the things that in people and animals that um, the Lord through Samuel had asked him to do, but um, he, he was charged with disobedience, but Saul was so self-deceived that he told Samuel he had obeyed. Samuel responded this way, that the rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, which is a really strong charge. You know, I got to thinking about that because it sometimes seems like, how can rebellion uh, be like witchcraft? But if you look at the logic, it, it, it sort of begins to make 
sense. God, what God's really trying to say that at its root, rebellion is nothing more than willingly choosing to be led by another spirit. It's choosing to do the will and the work of the enemy in direct opposition to what his word is. That point uh, is made even clearer when he goes on to say that stubbornness as is as iniquity and idolatry. Well, stubbornness is what? It's refusing correction and repentance. And iniquity is nothing but sin and wickedness. And then idolatry is choosing to give your service and obedience and allegiance to another God. Prone to wonder, prone to leave the one we say we love for something else. This whole place of darkness, uh, to me, application-wise, is, is a place of lack of understanding, a place of hopelessness. And I just see in this particular passage, it's strengthened by this word scorn. It's one thing to rebel, it's another thing to scorn, which has this added passion and emotion against God's words and counsel. I almost, in that, that depth and attitude of rebellion almost compels the Lord to humble you through extremely trying times, hard labor, uh, to bring to bear only the strength to just sit, as it says in there, really to bring you to a place where there's, there's no ability on your own to get out of such a place, totally able to do nothing but sit, to a place where you recognize I'm in trouble and I can't help myself. And guess what? Nobody else can help me either. He will, he will allow us to be humbled to that kind of place to cause us to cry out because of his great love, he desires to move us out of that. Um, but you know, going our own way, even in small things can become a bondage. It can become a habit of besetting sin become like a change, chain, uh, like chains around us. So you get the point. Uh, you can take that and run with it if the Lord's speaking to you about anything in that area. Um, the, next, the next verse as far as the, 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 the reason for exile, some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food. They were knocking on death's door. I mean, it's, it's bad to get away from the Lord. The, the, the path is not the path of life, but it's the path of death, just as Bill was saying earlier. So here we again in the second verse, rebellion has its way of bringing suffering, bringing a person to the place of not eating to the point of death. Um, you know, a fool is one who disregards God's word, but you know, it can be unintentional. If you don't know what that word or counsel is, uh, you can just walk into a situation and not realize I've made a really bad choice here. Uh, being kind of like foolish in the moment, you know, without giving thought to the consequences um, and find out that you chose poorly, as if I can borrow that from the movie. Um, but thoughtless or quick tempered would fall into that category. Um, a foolish act, but it does say that they rebelled. So that also indicates that it can be willful. And there are consequences for disobedience. 
Um, the one phrase that's a little bit hard to understand in this one is that they couldn't stand the thought of food, or your translation may say the soul abhorred all kinds of food. What it really means is this, they afflicted themselves. In other words, they beat themselves up because of the circumstances they find themselves in, to the point that it almost killed them. Now you think about that, well, nobody would do that. I mean, what would you tell somebody like that? Just get over it, let it go. I don't know about you, but I've been in some times where I've tried to let things go. I tried that. And there it still was, even years later, things. So um, the answer is to cry for help. But then after you cry for help, you've got to hear and receive that word from God that will release and forgive you. Uh, there, there's an action there that's requ required of us. Um, I'm gonna move on to the last one, uh, which is the fourth stanza. Some went off to sea in ships, Plying, their, plying the trade routes of the world. They too observe the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits end. This one is a little bit harder to understand um, mainly, mainly because in our mind it really should be the south, but the sea was always was our, was west of Israel, and so since west had already been used, sea was chosen. And I looked at one commentary by Charles Spurgeon, and this kind of helped me understand why sea and and why this why people would find themselves in this particular kind of place. Um, he says this, navigation was so little practiced among the Israelites that mariners were invested with a high degree of mystery and their craft was looked upon as one of singular daring and peril. He goes on and says this, we never read in the scriptures of any man taking his pleasure on the sea. Now it's not that way today, we enjoy <laughs> We enjoyed being in a boat on the water, but there it was um, kind of a scary place. And only these uh, adventurous types are those that because of their occupation went out there on the water. Um, they were there because of their business. Otherwise, they would have remained on land. Um, you know, I, I didn't really read a lot of other commentaries on this particular one, but some of the thoughts that came to me, and I'll, I'll put these two out there. Um, there are people whose life doesn't form, doesn't take a normal path. In other words, there's, there's certain things, you grow up, you go to school, you, you, you do this, you graduate, you get a job, you get married, blah, 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 have kids. Some people's life doesn't follow that way. They don't take a normal path. They go a different pathway. Not necessarily that it's bad, but it's just different. And then, in, you know, in his mysterious way, God, God is behind it. So sometimes hard to see when you're different, a different path. 
Well, I, I just want to encourage those kind of people. In the end, in the end, he brings you safely home. That should be an encouragement, no matter where we find ourselves. Um, another thought that I had was this, and this one would might be a little bit more um, where we find ourselves in the future. Um, so you set out at the Lord's direction to do his business. In other words, uh, you feel commissioned for uh, a project, uh, a season of life that you've got to do something. And so you, you start out in, in this, and it's an adventure, and his hand is upon it, but it has its incredible ups and downs and challenges. You get to see some amazing things that God does. And there are other times that you feel like you've just been left out to dry, so to speak. Be encouraged in those particular times because there will be times of stillness. And when it's in that up and down way, how precious a time of real peace and stillness is to a person that's walking in those kind of uncertain times of what's the Lord up to next in this thing he's called me to. But again, in the end, you'll be brought safely into the harbor. He'll have his way and the destiny is sure you will see him face to face. Um, I'm just going to briefly go through these last sections here. Um, they're really uh, a summary. There have been commentaries written that they shouldn't even be here because of some um, things that were, were in some of the translations. But look, God watches over his word, so it ought to be there. Uh, and so a lot of times we try to make things fit. but. It loosely is, these last stanzas are loosely a repetition and a summary of the ones that we just walked through. Verses 33 through 35 really reflect on stanza four concerning the sea. Um, verses 36 through 38 on, on the stanza of the hungry and the thirsty wanderers. Verses 39 through 40 on those in bondage in 41 through and 42 on the afflicted. And so the end of the psalm ends this way. Um, it says the godly will see these things and be glad while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time in this psalm and I mean, I. I come away from it and I think, how can we, how can I not see how faithful God is to his chosen people? Um, how can I not be hopeful and encouraged when we are his? <laughs> how can I not be sure of a rescue in times of trial, even if I'm the cause of the trial? If I humble myself and repent and cry out, in every case, in these examples, he has heard. In every case, he has redeemed. In every case, he has restored. He really sets our feet on high places or new places, puts us in a new place with him. And so, you know, as, as, as you walk with God, if you walk long enough with him, you will see your own history 
in his same faithfulness to you. And you will see in your own history some of the uns that we sung about earlier. Uh, his same gracious, loving response to your, your cry, Lord, help. You know, the, the scriptures say, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me out of his holy heel. Even in our own history as a church, we have been reminded at times that we lost our first love. You know, uh, it's even at the end of the end of the Bible, the challenge against the church. We can't lose that first love. You know, I, I was thinking about that. You, you encounter a new a newborn Christian or somebody that's in that first love and just a passion and excitement uh, of learning um, everything new about God. And, you know, I envy that. Um, you know, we should have that same thing, but with wisdom from walking with experience in him. Um, you know, uh, we've been, you know, we've been called to task a little bit in years past about being more of a community. We've been so outward focused at times. You know, and the Lord's been a, a gracious to help us move into new places, you know, and, and being able to meet in homes and see that built up, you know, as a body. Uh, that's why this time is so challenging for us as far as the part of community. Um, but then I think, I think about this. How can, how can we not respond with the sacrifice of thanksgiving when we, when, you know, we realize that he's kept us and he's been faithful and I don't know about you, but when I when I see this word phrase, sacrifice of thanksgiving, um, you know it's like oh, you mean it's going to be costly. But you think about the sacrifices of the Bible. Um, it was perfect, it was unblemished, and it was offered. You know, it was something that was voluntary, and and that's what a sacrifice of thanksgiving is. It's without blemish, which means it's with heartfelt sincerity that you say, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Because he, Mary, Lord, is undoubtedly good. He's redeemed us from big and little things, so we need to speak out and tell others about it. I'm going to close with prayer, and then I'm going to give you a homework assignment to take home with you. But Father, we, we just thank you so much for the richness of your word, Lord, that uh, when we stay with it, Father, uh, when we come back and we read it and we, and we ruminate and we just go over and over it, Lord, how, how the words begin to leap off the page and take root in our hearts, how it brings life through, uh, through conviction and repentance, life through encouragement and hope, life through promise and blessing. And, Father, I thank you for that, that you have been so generous to give us lots of written words from which we can then launch out to hear the living word that you speak to us each time. We praise you and we bless you for it this morning in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you one thing that um, you can take home and do yourself. You know, this, these, this four stanza tell us of the God of the Old Testament and how he's redeemed out of all these circumstances, his people. Um, I want you to look in the New Testament and you will find 
that Jesus has demonstrated every single one of those specific things listed in verses 7, 14, 20, and 21 through 30. You, 29 through 21 through 22, I think, whatever it is in stanza four. Um, he has physically demonstrated this for us as the incarnate God. Uh, how amazing and deep and true and living is his word. And so the Lord bless you this week as we go out and uh, minister in his name and live off of the living word that he gives us day by day. Thank you. Thank you, Preston. When I see multiple stanzas. Um... Any questions? Is Bill getting ready to lead us through this last part? One of the things about water in the Old Testament is it's seen as a place of chaos. And every time you see water mentioned, it because that's where the sea monsters dwell. Mm -hmm. That's where things are chaotic and uncertain and very difficult. And so that's the way Israel, which was not a seafaring nation, that's the way they viewed the water. And mm -hmm. so you see a lot of references uh, in, in that particular context. I just want to say, Preston, what a uh, thank you so much. A very, very powerful message. And I think everybody can find uh, their a place in those four examples that you shared. I personally want to just say I was very encouraged by the last one. Um, Thought you might be. When, yeah. <laughs> when you talked about somebody who's taken a different pathway in life and, you know, I, I definitely have, and it's such a comfort, you know, I, I've had in that pathway, I've experienced things that I thought, man, very few people in life get to experience these things. It's such an awesome privilege. And then other times I'm down in the pits of despair thinking, what's my future going to look like? you know, who will take care of me when I'm old. I never had children. I never married, yeah. you know, the painful places, you know, and it's so wonderful to read in the scriptures. He is going to bring every one of us safely home, regardless of which pathway that he led us in. I just want to thank you. That was very, very encouraging to me. Thank you. Poor Richard looks totally confused. <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if you only read a verse or two here and there, you'll never get um, the full message of, of this entire psalm. I mean, the fact that there's four stanzas and they all share the same structure um, of of how people had rebelled or departed from God, and then they cried out to God for help. And then this is what God did. Mm -hmm. And then this is how they should re respond to what God did because of his faithfulness. He satisfies the longing son. You know, he, he brought them out of darkness. He shatters the doors of bronze. He just goes on. And then that summary verse at the very end, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let, let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord.
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. But it's not only people that rebelled. I mean, it, you can see that there's just, I mean, people that are faithfully following God, it's not all, uh, it's not always easy. You know, life doesn't always go the way you thought it was going to go. Uh, so it's, it's just his steadfast love across the board. Yeah. It's just yeah. so precious. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. One of the problems is that we are people of the immediate. Mm. We forget the past real quickly when we're in a, in a difficult situation in the present. And it's hard to look at the, to the future and say, well, look what's coming when things seem so difficult where we are right now. So we, our focus is distorted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing too, is I was just with my family in Texas and, you know, you cannot, you know, it's, it's the focus of this Psalm is that when people cry out to the Lord, they find help. You know, it's like you can, I, I observed, I observed some family members that they're, they're in these passages. They're in this Psalm. They're ones that are, you know, um, they're afflicted by bitterness and unforgiveness, but I can't, I can't change that in their lives. Mm-hmm. Only God can. And only until they get to the place where they cry out to God for help, I can encourage, I can pray for them. Most of all, I can love them, but I can't change that. Mm-hmm. And, and many times we don't even see the times when we're locked up or in affliction or bowed down low or in a desert place. Um, but the Lord can reveal that to us, you know, but it's painful to see people in those places. Um, it's painful to see ourselves in those places, but until, but, but the faithfulness of God, when people cry out to him, God hears their prayers and he answers. So such a good word, Preston. Thank you. Well, I do have another song. Um, we could sing, but I, I wanted to, to uh, say hello to Eva. Is that you over there? Where are you, where are you living these days? Eva, you need to unmute. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Good to see you all. Uh, now we are in uh, Richardson in Texas State. Okay. Mm. Richardson, Texas. I know the place very well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I meet a lot from North Carolina uh-huh. and every people we met North Carolina. Well, it's good to see you again. In, in fact, this morning, Eva has her North Carolina shirt on. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Google shirt. Right. <laughs> okay. That's right. Okay. Eva. Eva's been able to connect with Laura Catherine, who lives in Fort Worth. So I think you guys have had a, a couple of times maybe together. Okay, excellent. Well, welcome, Eva. Uh, I do have another okay. song. Um, Thank you very much. Let me get that called up here. Um, and Tia already brought this topic up this morning, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so... Um, Tia, we're on the same wavelength this morning. Mm-hmm. 
in transgressions and sins Without God, without hope in this world Then the glorious light of your gospel broke in Father stood up from his throne Opened his arms as he called out my name. Grace irresistible drew me, opened my eyes to see. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, Jesus. The only way, the only truth. Are my life, Jesus. <clears throat> you are the source of new life, the giver of every good thing. Withholding nothing, you lavish your kindness. On me, emptied yourself, became poor, humbled and poured out to death. Now, highly exalted above all, your name alone can save. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. my life, Jesus. <clears throat> you are the way, the truth, the life.
chapters of all the books in the Bible they point to the fact that Jesus is who he says he is he is the he is the fulfillment of your of your promise Lord he's the fulfillment of the prophecies he is the one to whom we cry out Lord help us he is the one who makes our paths straight he is the one who seeks out the lost and redeems all those who call upon him Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that we would give careful consideration to what you have spoken because you are the word made flesh. And in you, Lord, glory and truth have been revealed to us. And Lord, if we belong to you, then your glory is our future and our inheritance. Lord, if we serve you, then we show that we belong to you. Lord, if we love other people, we show that we belong to Jesus. And the love that we have for others is the love that he's given us to share with them. So, Father, <clears throat> deliver us or give us strength for every burden. <clears throat> give us hope and power from your spirit to live the life that would be pleasing to you. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning when Preston was talking about us getting to a place of needing to cry out for help, it reminds me with Eva on, um, in our meeting this morning. Years ago, I was in an automobile accident and um, initially I thought everything was fine and it, and it seemed to be fine, um, but I got slowly to where I couldn't really walk and I was having trouble with my knee and I thought what in the world well Eva is a physical therapist she's an expert at what she does I mean very excellent at what she does so I cried out for help Eva can you help me and she said well yeah I, I can help you and so I went over and met with her and I thought she was going to work on my knee well, she didn't work on my knee. She realized I had a frozen hip and it affected my knee, but I never would have thought about the hip. And um, when she started working with it, I mean, it was very painful, but she was able to get that hip. I guess, I don't know what you call it, ever thawed <laughs> if something's frozen, I don't know. But anyway, she worked 
because she was an expert at what she was doing and she knew exactly where the problem was. And I think all the more Jesus is the expert. And when we cry out for help, even though we think it may be one thing, it may be something totally different. Mm -hmm. But when that hip got um, fixed, then the knee came right in, into place. Um, and the knee bone is not, as far as I can tell, connected to the hip bone, but it really is. And it really was. And so I think in our lives, when there are things that are going awry and we look at one level, God has got a different perspective and he knows, knows exactly where to put the pressure on and where to relieve the pressure. And um, he knows how to fix things. So that really is so encouraging. Thank you, Preston. Um, the reminder, we need to call out um, for help to the one who really can fix every situation. And Camille, like you reminded us, he is the one that brings us home. And that, that, is, that, is, um, that is so reassuring. Um, it's a joy to be with all of you today. It's a joy again to have Arthur and Nemia and Eva and, um, and each one of you with us. It was a joy last weekend to be with Shong and Jan and Lucy and Preston and Tia and Jin Jin and the folks at Midway Baptist and that, that y'all zoomed in with us. That was, that was amazing. And I, I would like for um, Shong's family to be able to share more in depth at another time. Yeah. And Arthur, I think it's a great idea that, that you and Nemia would come back and, and give a, a testimony or a message at some time. So please let us know when you would like to do that, or maybe we can be in touch with you with some options for some dates on that. Um, I wanted to tell you that tomorrow, our own Richard Dennis, who appears to be driving a van and maybe getting out of the van right now, Richard, can you hear us? I don't know if he's driving, but tomorrow, Richard Dennis turns 60 years old. No. He is celebrating his 60th birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Richard. Happy birthday. <laughs> I still don't think he can hear us, but. Don't encourage him. Yeah, so that's a milestone uh, birthday. On Tuesday, Bill Etheridge and Michaela and Julia Salinas all have birthdays. And on Thursday, Alex and Rachel, who Carla and Richard are going to uh, move into their new place in Durham, it's they'll be celebrating their second anniversary. And um, yesterday, Cecil's son, Gray, got married and next Saturday, Tim uh, Gerganis and Lisa Kirchner will be married. So let's remember um, those two new couples in your, in your prayers. And also um, this morning we prayed for the Joyner family. Yamir Green um, is this, uh, was the son of Curtis and Ursula Joyner and he was killed very tragically in an accident on Tuesday. And um, Yamir was one of our King's Jewels, 
And then he also was a Crosswave member for a number of years. And his funeral will be on Wednesday. Their family has, um, has requested our prayers. So if you would remember the Joyner family, um, they would be very grateful. In fact, Ursula texted me during the service and said, please, please give me a call. So um, I, I know they're in a place of, of need and they certainly are crying out to the Lord for help and also uh, crying out for the body of Christ to pray for them. Wednesday night, we have Zoom prayer meeting at seven o'clock. And um, I think those are the announcements that, that I have this morning. Some others may have additional announcements. I, I would just ask that um, if you remember our, our Crosswave team, we're, we thought that it was arranged for us to meet um, at a local church, but it turns out where it's not arranged and that opportunity has been removed. So we, we're still looking now for a place, I guess, Mary, and then the time timing of that place. And so there's a lot yet to, uh, to be, come together for that. So, you know, every ministry in the world is facing this situation, right? So how do you gather people together? And I've had, I've prayed during the prayer time uh, for several, but we've got some, some people on our team that really do need um, God's presence in their lives right now. So, um, we're just praying that they would cry out, Lord, help us, help me. And Jesus would minister even in isolation and quarantine for people. Um, yeah. Anyone else want to share something? Might be in prayer, of course, for Sung Lock. He will be going back the, what, third, fourth, somewhere like that in August. So I think that they're at the beach today. Okay. So, uh, so the end of next week. Yeah, and he's selling his car this Wednesday, I think. So he'll be without a car for about a week. Okay. Six days or so. Okay. Last Thursday, my mom had an episode that uh, we were spent the day in the ER, and they didn't find a stroke, but it could very well be that she had a mini stroke. So tomorrow, I'm taking her to the doctor to get. Um, an ultrasound of her carotid arteries. They want them checked. Um, so just appreciate prayer. Um, uh, she's, she's feeling better now, but she was having trouble talking and she was very confused. So I, I have a feeling she really did have a little mini stroke. Okay. So anyway, just appreciate prayers for that. Okay, come here. Also, Martha and Larry have arrived from the mountains and, um, Martha's having some trouble with her eyes. So tomorrow she's going to a specialist over at Duke and would appreciate prayers for her eyes. And Aaron has another uh, neurological doctor's appointment or an, a doctor's appointment with a neurologist on Tuesday. And he's in a very difficult place right now. So a lot of health needs and of course, Julie we need to continue to pray for Julie. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. 
Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of man. Lord, these requests and, and all the others, we, we can't solve them. These are problems. These are real issues, Lord, that we do not have the ability, the wisdom to solve. So, Lord, we cry out to you and we ask you to help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Help eyes. Help brain waves. Help many strokes. Lord, help Son Locke and his family as they transition back from life in the, in the United States to life in Korea. And Lord, may they especially um, give you thanks for your steadfast love and for your wondrous works to the children of man. Lord, every other prayer request, these that I've mentioned in the Crosswave team, how we're to relaunch the ministry this year. Lord, may, may we, we take this time of, of isolation and quarantine to truly study and meditate on the Word of God. Lord, help us to put the phone down and open the Bible and let your word speak life to us. Lord, help us not be like the Pharisee, but be like the man who cried out, Lord, have pity on me. Lord, it's a humbling thing to ask you to have pity on us, to need to have you show your mercy to us. But Lord, we've proven that we can't run the world. We can't even run our own lives. Why can't we try to run somebody else's life? So Lord, we just at the conclusion, Lord, of our time here this morning together, we we cry out to you as Preston has encouraged us. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. For the Lord raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. They see it and are glad. Lord, that this, you are our hope. And we look to you, Lord God. And we pray your blessing upon Eva there in Richardson, Texas. It's going to be hot today. Lord, for Arthur and Nemia in Panama. And Lord, all of, all of the rest of us that have dialed in from various locations. Lord, you, you've given us people from all over the world to call into this time with you. And Lord, for that, we, we, we just say, Lord, you are great. You are mighty. And you are loving and kind. Lord, you're at work all over the world. We pray for our governments. Wherever we live, we pray that righteousness, and Lord, we we pray for this, your idea of justice, for the the alien and the the widow and the orphan. Lord, we, we pray that there might be no favoritism, 
and no partiality shown by governments or people. We pray that you'd heal these things. Lord, we, we all want heaven. This, the bottom line is that we all want heaven. We all want you to wipe away every tear. We, we want you to heal every disease. Lord, we want you to restore every broken heart. We, we want heaven. Lord, we want Jesus is what we really want. Whether people know it or not, Lord, what they want is Jesus. So help us explain who Jesus is. So, Lord, until we gather again on Wednesday to pray together and all the other activities of these days, Lord, may you be foremost and front and center in the midst of everything we do. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.